0: Hi, I'm Marion Evans from Elevate BC and welcome to the Exclusively Elevate podcast series. These episodes are our way of providing you with free insight and advice in your business journey. Through the series, we'll be discussing a range of topics with successful business leaders and prolific media broadcasters, such as Andrew Byrne from ITV News and the BAFTA winning comedian and presenter Rod Gilbert. Welcome to episode seven. Episode 6 was the first of a two-part podcast with my friend, the legend that is the comedian, presenter and BAFTA Cymru winning Rod Gilbert. We continue in this podcast on our discussion around the topic of imposter syndrome. Hope you enjoy and please review if you have time.
1: I'm out of the portaloo now, you'd be glad to hear, but I'm still, still haven't been in a coffee shop on my own, I don't think. Or chatted chatted up a girl, but I'm married now, so it's uh, it's probably Probably just as well. Probably missing the boat. (laughs)
0: So this is a, a classic really, you can look at it in a negative belief cycle or positive belief cycle, but what we believe about ourselves, you know, what, what kind of plagues our thoughts, triggers those emotions, and then that affects our behaviour. Behaviour becomes a habit, habit creates a situation, and then that situation, we thought we were going to be rubbish at it, we were rubbish at it, and that reinforces the belief. And I see a lot of clients who are running businesses who are in that kind of negative belief cycle. If you go to meetings and you've got somebody who, you know, what their response is going to be even before we've told them what the task is or what you know, and they kind of—it's usually written all over the. It's in the body language, isn't it? It's the completely disengaged, as Rod is describing in his. Uh, in this context here, it's the person who's got their arms folded and they're just not not into it you get that a lot in business you get the people who are looking at the phone or they're looking out the window or they're so, you can see how that, having that approach, having that attitude is, is a real destructive kind of uh, cycle to be in. And we control that. We absolutely control that. That's something that's completely within our control. So, whether we decide to go into a situation with a kind of sunny disposition or whether we, we go into it with a, the thought, as Raul said, of kind of everybody thinks I'm rubbish, you know, we, we can control that. And it isn't easy. It is not, you know, in some days it's easier than, than others perhaps. But it's really important to remember that. And we've got loads and loads of tools that we use as a kind of exec coaches and things around this. But kind of core of it, that's that's all about your attitude, really, to things. And are you going to let things hold you back or, or not? I think we asked a question on the, on the um, live poll, David, about how other people are managing their imposter syndrome. It's quite useful to have a, a look maybe at some of the other things that people are doing. How do you manage your imposter syndrome? Okay. One of the other things that and there's, it's come up there a couple of times, is recognising achievement. Sometimes it, when, you, when you suffer from imposter syndrome, and it doesn't matter if you don't have it very often or, or very severe, but you're, you're almost critic and it can be helpful to be finding a group of people or friends or family or mates or, or I often see them in networks. Quite often, I'm asked to contribute to women's leadership networks where you know, there's a lot of imposter syndrome really in that, in that space. And really, it's about being with people who are going to champion you as well, and and remind you you're not as crap as you might think you are. That's important. The zappers, not the sappers. You know, keep away from the mood hoovers, uh, or try and block out the mood hoovers because that's you know that, that's only going to bring you down. You're laughing at me now, but you know what I mean, Rod. That isn't it. It's the it's the people that will exasperate that feeling of yeah, you're right. I'm not I'm not good enough. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be doing that. Or let's have a look. Any of the corkers in there? Let's have a look. I avoid certain situations uh, sometimes. Yeah, do you know, sometimes, uh, I think we all do, you, you've got to make that judgment call of when something's good for you to avoid because actually you don't need to be doing it and it's, there's nothing to be gained by it.
1: A lot of people talking about med- meditation or oh, it's come up a few yeah. times, a bit of a theme there. I've, I've never meditated. My wife uh, swears by it, but I guess what I'm doing partly before a gig is, is, is almost meditation in, in, in the sense that I'm, I'm repeating I, I honestly think that, that making a list of the things that, that you, the negative stuff that you think, and challenging each of those things, sort of taking them head on and challenging the logic of them or the, or the, or the, the evidence for them. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, if, if you believe something about yourself, it's going, what evidence is there to the contrary? And there'll be loads of evidence. And it's trying to focus on that evidence, you know. Like, like for example, with have I got news for you? I, I walk onto that set and I'm like, this is so familiar. And I'm immediately I'm back in my house and my parents watching you know, it. That was about the only TV they did watch Panorama or something. But like, uh, so I'm completely out of body experience, imposter syndrome. Oh my God, uh, what am I doing here? How on earth has this happened? That's Ian Hislop and Paul Merton. I'm a bloke from a comprehensive in Carmarthen. And what I try and remind myself to challenge that thought, I think this is what I think. And I, and I will do this. I will do it systematically. I will do this. Even if I've done it a hundred times, I will do it again. Cause, Cause I have to fight my natural instinct to feel imposter syndrome. So I will remind myself, I'll say, I'll say to myself almost out loud in my dressing room, the BB, this is the BBC's flagship comedy entertainment program. It's been going for 20 odd years or whatever. They they've got faith in you and they know what they're doing. They would not risk this program. There's only 10 or 12 a year. They would not risk one of these if they didn't think I could do it, so even if I don't think I can do it,
2: yeah. then
1: uh, uh, trust their judgment a bit more. Trust their judgment a bit more, yeah. and go and go with it and see what happens. You know, and so so it's looking at the evidence that is against you, because usually the evidence is against you. You know, especially with people feeling the tap on the shoulder. The evidence, you're there, you're in the job. Your yeah. bosses, your bosses, are, uh, are put their faith in you. They're letting you get on with the job. They're doing whatever or if you are the boss. And the evidence is usually there against you. These are all just feelings.
0: Is putting into context, perspective, and, and getting feedback. And one of the most powerful things uh, I found is um, actually asking for feedback from people. You know, you, you're always scared to, to kind of ask for it, but actually, when you when it comes back, you think, "Oh, actually, it kind of been that bad." I mean, when I first started doing these webinars, I was I was pretty terrified about doing it because I don't I don't necessarily enjoy doing that sort of thing. But I felt I had to be doing them. I needed to be covering some of these subjects that everybody was kind of needed some support with. And then when I got the feedback from the first one, I remember David and I looking afterwards saying, "Actually, you know, I thought it was I, th- I thought it went really badly, but actually people got quite a lot out of that." So it does having that, as you say, having that evidence, reminding yourself of that, listening to the people that who you value the opinion of, and 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 that can be that can be helpful as well. And sometimes it's just dogged determination that you don't want something to hold you back. Certainly, that's you know that thinking about mental toughness and and the grit and. Uh, determination is you kind of have to sometimes push through it. You, you, there are yeah. times where
1: you... you yeah, and, and, I, and I think that, that, that pep talk that I do in the shower about other people can, you know, <laughs> that, that thing is so important in, in like, you know, other ones on my list of 10. One, one is just to give it everything, give it everything I've got from the moment I walk out there till the moment I walk back through the curtain, I give it one hundred and fifty percent, never let it drop for a second. and if you yeah. do that i 'll tell myself then yeah. that 's all you can do you can 't do any more, and people might think I 'm rubbish, they might think i 've got no talent, but they can 't say i didn 't give it a bloody good go and, and, yeah. and that 's what i 'm t- trying to hype myself up i 'm yeah. feeling the energy coming now from doing this now because i 'm normally yeah. backstage pacing when i 'm doing this as well I'm repeating, repeating, repeating yeah. And control what you can control as well. That's another big one for me is, is going yeah. just focus on what... The only thing I can control is my performance. I can't control somebody up on the balcony shouting flip-flop in the Dern Gate 11 years ago. <laughs> I can't control them. i got no control over that person who gets up in the middle of a really important bit and throws something at the stage. I, I, all I can do is fo- yeah. control my performance. So focus yeah. on this. But all of these things I am telling myself over and over again because they don't come naturally. Yeah, I think I think a pep talk to yourself before you've got to do something which you are anxious yeah. about, feeling imposter syndrome about, is is useful. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'd certainly, what certainly what I do too. I, I, I you know that really uh, strikes a chord with me. I I do tap into that kind of, come on, Marie, and just pull yourself together. You you you've got this. And I was I was doing a, a lecture a couple of years ago, and I can remember having this discussion with um, individuals there saying, you know, sometimes you do different things to get yourself in the right headspace. And we were talking about how music does that for some people. And I asked the, the, the group, okay, so what music makes you feel empowered, gets you in the right headspace, makes, makes you feel like you can do anything? And um, one of the guys was very honest and said, oh, mine's the Eye of the Tiger. And I thought I can't do that. Yes, so it doesn't matter what it is. But <laughs> yeah, get yeah. space. Sometimes it's just you know, like your ten kind of listen ten doesn't matter. Nobody knows about well that.
1: 10, ten commandments. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple of people are saying there as well. They don't listen or they don't hear the positive feedback. Um, and it's and I, I think that's classic, isn't it, the imposter? But you you, um, you do need to look at the kind of evidence and try and hear it and try not to discount that those positive um, comments
1: we are yeah, we, we we talked about this the other day and every now and again i am not really on social media to be honest with you because I, ju- I just can't i can't i can't do it i'm not i'm not tough enough mentally emotionally to have 24 hour anonymous conversations with with people who don't like me. I'm I just not tough enough for that, so I'm not on there. And that holds me back, you know, to be honest with you, most TV shows and stuff now will go, how many followers have how many followers have you got? And that's how they choose people who are gonna go on their shows. And I, I haven't got any, so, so it definitely holds me back. I know that, but it's a decision I've made for my own mental health. And th- I'm quite good at looking at my own mental health and seeing w- what's good for me and what's not. So I'm not on there. But every yeah. now and again after a gig, I'll make the mistake. I'm in the tour bus on the way away from a venue. I'll make the mistake of, you know, curiosity or vanity, whatever. I'll, I'll just put my own name into Twitter and see what people are saying about the show. Yeah. And, and I, well, on the whole, on the whole things, when I do that, they're largely positive, but there are negative ones in there. Yeah. I will... I will sort of hurry past the positive. All I'm looking, my heart's going like this. I feel sick of it, anxious. All I'm doing is waiting for the negative. I'm just waiting. And then you go, boom, there yeah. it is. There it is. There's a the negative one. You're rubbish. Yeah. I don't like you. Whatever, whatever it is. And I feel like I, I will dwell on that negative comment. Possibly that night, it might keep me awake. Possibly I might look at it, think about it. It might pop into my head for the next five, ten years. Yeah. I can still remember quotes people have written about me from 18 years ago from when I started, you know, the word for word, I can quote them. And I think I, I, I sometimes I, I beat myself up. And I think why do I only focus on the negative? You know, why in a gig am I w- looking for the person with their arms folded who's not enjoying it? Why am I looking for this? I don't remember the positive comments. I couldn't tell you a single positive comment anyone said, but I could tell you almost all the negative ones, I could list them. And they really feel like they'd land the negative ones, they really land and they hurt you. And yeah. they're the ones I believe. Right? the positive ones i just go yeah whatever 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 negative ones uh, you're not funny at all you're blah, blah, blah. And you go you're right you're the person that's right out of all of those that's the one who's right they the, they're the intelligent one they've seen through me they've 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 got my number and that is how i feel every time and but what i've learned to tell myself rather than beating myself up about that i wish i didn't do that but i've i've learned to tell myself that the positive ones even though they don't feel like they're landing, they must be landing.
2: Yeah.
1: Because if they weren't landing and feeding me in some way, then I wouldn't get back up and do it tomorrow. If if they were all negative comments, like your rubbish every single one of them, I would not be doing this job. No. So the positive ones, even though they are not really feel like they're landing, they they are feeding me in some way. They keep they make they're keeping me going. They're making me get up and do it again tomorrow because I know they're there. So I, th- I think sometimes it's really think it's really thinking about stuff and yeah. working out what's going on with yourself and uh, you know. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people will relate to only seeing the negative and focusing on the negative stuff but there is, there is positive stuff out there and it might not feel like you're looking for it or that it lands but it, it probably does in some way I think.
0: Yeah I think, I think you're right. Also I think that yeah some looking at some of those uh, questions and some of the bits and pieces that have just come in now and people yeah it is a challenge isn't it to feel that you're worthy of that, that kind of praise or that feedback but it's so essential to get that feedback I think and to make sure that you are uh, looking at that kind of belief cycle thanks David for putting that back on and reminding yourself okay where am I in that you know am I am I focusing on the bad beliefs Am am I you know i'm in a destructive negative belief cycle with this and if i am i need to stop that i need to stop that because it's not it's not helpful it's not healthy it's not you know it's not kind of i can, I can see
1: a comment from i can see a comment from presumably that teacher who says um I, I i love it presumably teaching but feel as though my colleagues think i'm not worthy of being in the team well i i would say to you directly you've, you've started by saying i love it well that, that's massive, isn't it? What, what, what's that based on? Why do you love it? Write down the reasons you love it. You've started so positively, that sentence, I love it. If it was this terrible thing and you hate it and you want to get out of it, why do you start the sentence with I love it? What do you love about it? What is it? Is it the kids? Is it, is it the feeling that you're imparting information? Is it the nurturing of children? What, what is it that you love about it and you feel good, that you're good at and you're in the right job? And then and then separate out those feelings about what your colleagues think about you. A because you're probably wrong about your colleagues. It's probably you that's feeling insecure and imposter or whatever. But I would I would separate those feelings out. There's clearly if you're starting a sentence with I love it, then there's loads of positive stuff that you can try and reframe and, and focus on, like I do before my gigs, you know. Yeah. I, I before my gigs as well, one of my ten things is to is to list. I know you said about listing achievements. I will list the awards and things I've won just to try and overcome that feeling that I'm rubbish. I can't be. I've won all this. I've done all this, you know. And, and I list them. I literally list them. Luckily, it's a short list, you know.
0: <laughs> it can't all be wrong, Rod, Surely it
1: can't. It can't be. all be wrong, just, no. But that to... teacher, you know, I think fo- focus on that thing that, that that you love, and and there may there may be something in with it, colleagues or something. But that's you can overcome that. You can you can if you if you love that job, then focus on what it is you love about it, and and really try and deal with that feeling of that your colleagues is it real or is it is there evidence against that you know are you good are you going on any evidence or you just is this just your own insecurity
0: yeah it's perception isn't it it's just being careful that it's not just your perception that you're you're um that it's not based on anybody else but it's what you feel so it's just thinking of it in a, in a very rational kind of way sometimes we're not always rational
3: that's the that's one yeah. the challenge
1: Somebody's put oh, there, Kevin, Kevin Mears said One of the best things I've ever heard is don't compare your inside with someone else's outside. And that is, uh, I don't know who said that, but that is, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Yeah. Comparing is never a good thing. I, I, the subject we covered off, I think it was last week or the week before with Mandy um, St. John Davy, was about uh, amateurs compete professionals create and it's like running your own race and if you compare yourself with somebody else you're, you're always going to find someone who's better or uh, faster or quicker or more intelligent or like, you know so you have to you have to run your own your own race in life and I think we've got that one on, one on the podcast if, if that is of interest to people because yeah co- competition and comparing yourself is is a bit of a recipe for, for disaster in my uh, in my experience any parting um, uh, pearls of wisdom, Rod, before we um, before we let everybody go? I th- I, th- I think I would try
1: and I guess look for the positives of it because because for me, yes, I feel like an outsider. I feel like a fraud. I feel like I don't belong there. I feel, um, and I guess. In my job, there are good aspects to that. It can make you think differently. It can make you think a little bit creatively. You know, you you come with a unique perspective, which in comedy, you can certainly turn to your advantage, you know. And I guess it's looking for that in your job, isn't it? Whatever it might be. They probably are. I used to, you know, even when I did market research, I felt that it could be that, like for example, being amusing in presentations or something, or being a bit different, or a bit, is quite often quite useful. I think. I mean, it was quite a creative job, I suppose. I was in, and I was doing qualitative market research. It wasn't numbers; it was more feelings and perception and stuff. Um, but I think, I think it's trying to look for the po- the positives of it. If you feel that this thing is such a burden, this this shyness, imposter syndrome, I can see somebody going, "Is it social anxiety?" I, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but they all feel like they're related. But it's trying to see some positive, isn't it, and there must be some positive, yeah, coming yeah. coming from it, I think, so it's not it's just allowing yourself to be as well, and not beating yourself up so much and going, "I wish I was perfect, who yeah. is you know.
0: And, and also looking, hopefully, to individuals who are successful or, you know, deemed kind of successful and knowing that, you know, 70% of people are suffering with imposter syndrome. So, you know, it doesn't matter who, who you are, how, how successful they appear to be. It's just learning to manage it. And if you can manage it, actually, and turn it into, a, as you say, a positive or, or something that drives you forward, I, I have no doubt that it's because I have that, that I've gone on to to do things I probably would never have done if I didn't have it, you know. So, I, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in that actually look to the strengths of it. Also, knowing your strengths. That's that's a key lesson, uh, hopefully, within this this session is learn to know what you're good at. Do what you're good at in within your job or within your your kind of life because that's where we're most comfortable. That's where we get most kind of uh, enjoyment from, fulfillment from. I, Ron, I don't know if you need to need to head off. I'm, I'm conscious that I've kind of kept you for a bit longer than I. No, back. I was going to say some of you, some of you
1: got work to go to. I, I got nothing until 2021.
0: Oh really? Okay, in that case, i can answer a couple of more questions. I think I, I,
1: I've literally got no no work this year now. By look it look, looking like, I mean, I've still got tour. My tour is in October, November, December, but it looks it looks like from talking to the venues that that's not going to happen. So, okay. if anybody's got tickets for those gigs, we're going to in the next few days make an announcement and reschedule the whole thing again for the second or third uh, time so I have no idea what is going to happen in our industry or whether I might be um, I might be looking for a job back in market research uh, or, or <laughs> a, new some, job. Uh, a new job
0: yeah,
1: yeah some new uh, some new new direction again you know why yeah. Why not I'm only 51 still young
0: yeah yeah 51, Christ. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. You can have a weekly slot on 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 this if you like. That's 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 fine. I've no, got. I'm happy,
1: to, I'm happy to stick around if you if you want.
0: Oh, brilliant! I'm going to try and just cover off a, a few more questions just in case. I'm conscious yeah. that people are taking the effort to. Uh, Heather Heather's asked me, "Will I take a day off soon and have a coffee with her? Yes, yes, Heather, I will. That's my she sister. Never
1: takes a day off, Marianne.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just coming back
1: to our teacher there. Without, I don't want to focus on one individual too much. I, Broadly, broadly my memory of what you said was that you love the job and you love working with the kids and you, you know, and you love everything about it. You're just, I say just because I'm an outsider looking at what you're saying. I don't mean to dismiss it as just, but you said that, you said that my, I'm worried my boss doesn't think I'm good enough. And, and so, so you're loving the job. You're loving everything about it. You know, you and it's j- it's just that one thing, which um a, you're, a you're probably wrong. And if not, and they do think that, then they'll probably move on, and got, you know, or, or you're just going to have to find a way. Either address it. I don't know how it manifests itself day to day, but you're either going to have to address it with your boss, aren't you, at some point, rather than it drive you away from teaching. You are going to have to address that head on, or just live with it and, and look and, and go, as I do with my job, and go, yes, that is a negative, and that makes me feel negative, but the positives outweigh it, and I'm going to try and focus on the donut not the whole, the whole in your case is the boss and the positive is the job, the teaching, the kids, the things, the thing that all that that you're getting from it and they're getting from it. So try and focus on the, focus on the donut. I mean, how much, how much projection and thi- how much thinking is going on there and how much actual evidence? That's, that's yeah. why I would be starting. I think my boss thinks. Best advice I ever had was what others think of you is none of your business. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, agree exactly. with that one. Yeah, I don't remind myself of that often,
3: Lisa Johnson's put a hand up, so she wants a little chat. Yeah.
0: Okay, go for it, Lisa. Oh, hi, madame. Hi, Rod. I just wanted to say hello, talking about imposter syndrome. You would never imagine that you guys suffer from it. That's the reality, though, he says, isn't it? is that we assume nobody else is suffering from it. We assume that, yeah. and actually, I, I found that the fact that I know what it feels like means that I'm a lot more empathetic. So when I recognize it in clients or, you know, in organizations where there's that a real lack of psychological safety, you know, where people don't speak out on a board, you know, you think people on a board uh, are all confident and, and experts in their subjects yeah but often there's imposter syndrome, so people aren 't contributing as they should within a team or within a uh, business so something we haven
1: 't something we haven 't moved on to um that you were telling me the other day when we were chatting about this was about because i i could i imagine it's far more prevalent amongst women than men this
0: yeah i, I think I think women perhaps uh, admit to it more than than men do um I think there's that but also When I think about my kind of background in financial services, which was really male dominated, you know, it was every meeting I'd go to would be be men um, and usually men that were a lot older than me. So I I used to think, oh my God, what am I doing here? You know, I I don't I don't fit in here. I I stand out like a sore thumb, not just because of the crazy hair, the fact that I'm a woman, and the fact that I'm young. You know, it was it was just felt very uncomfortable. I'm thinking, how am I going to cope with that? And how do I need to act? How do I need to perform in order to be successful? And I don't know whether it's a mixture of age or whether it's seeing that my results were really, you know, really good, that it started to give me a bit more confidence that actually I can do this. I can do this as well as any of the, the guys that I'm, you know, in, in peer groups with in work. And also there was a bit of, it was like a red rag to a boom when people were questioning why I was, I was there. Was I good enough? It was like, bloody, yeah, of course I'm good enough. I, I, yeah, I am good enough. But the one thing that I know one of my kind of Achilles is is um, qualifications. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've got to get these letters after my name for that rubber stamp, for that credibility. It doesn't mean I'm any better at my job, but every time I get, you know, a fellowship of this or fellowship of this, yeah, so that proves that I can't, yeah, I It's, it's,
1: it's evidence, about. isn't it? It's all, it's all, it's just evidence. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally also. normal, isn't it? It's evidence. It's a receipt, basically. So you're getting a receipt for all your heart and going, somebody else thinks this. So, yeah. so I, don't, I don't have to think it myself yeah there it is yeah else. it's that
0: reinforcement isn't it yeah. it's like you were saying listen to the listen to the evidence yeah, yeah it's the yeah. same
1: as me going the bbc must know what they're doing you know arguably yeah. arguably not but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah i think i can i can totally understand that yeah um chris roberts would like to talk let's again okay, ask you something
0: yeah go for it
1: that thought i, I can totally imagine that this is more prevalent amongst women, especially especially in the sort of the boardroom. And I use that for business generally sort of thing, uh, where it's been you know, predominantly four men by men, two men, geared up for men by men, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and white men as well. You know, yeah. and, and I imagine that the further yeah. you are from in this country over the years, the further you are from a, a white middle class man, yeah, the more you're gonna feel imposter. For for me, I'm I'm a you know god knows what class but i'm a white man so that's a huge advantage for a start you know exactly um yeah. and yeah. A huge advantage but it's for me the insecurity has come more from i've always looked around me like in my market research i was the only one i think who hadn't been to oxbridge oxford or yeah. cambridge university and in tv world when you're with stephen fry and his yeah. types there's a lot of that as well and so for me coming from a a comprehensive in command and where nobody looking around me. And this is no offence to anyone around me, but no, there were no nobody went, and there were no comedians, no musicians, no poets, no performance artists, no artists. There was sort of, you know, actually there was one yeah. person, all, but there's no, there's nobody really sort of going. Oh, the only thing was sport, uh, like <sighs> rugby. So we could look not. at them and go, oh, that's possible because yeah. not for yeah. me, I was rubbish at rugby. But you can look, that's the only people that you go, oh, they've. Gone yeah. and done that and so nothing else there was nobody else no. you know whereas yeah. if you come if you're in Eton then it's kind of expected that you'll be the next yeah. prime minister really you know I mean <laughs>
0: and, and you're right there is there is a bit of that role model thing as well and lack of role models particularly the female you know for, for women on boards there's so few I mean and now it's starting to improve but we're still way off and people question why aren't there more women on boards well there aren't women in exec roles so when you've got no women in exec roles well few women in exec roles, there's no one foot to feed into
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always about what you can see, isn't it? It's always about what you can see. Um yeah. I didn't see anybody being in and interestingly, see I see my wife went to the same school as you, Marian, very different experiences because your welsh language first uh, first language my my wife was and educated in the welsh language uh, in the welsh school in carmarthen i was in an english-speaking school in carmarthen around me there was nobody in a band no comedians no nobody like that Mm -hmm. um so i never in a million years would have thought that was possible but then in my wife's in your school you had um, you had Gorky's, you, you had you had people in bands, the you had people in people who were doing things in, and, and you know creatively in the arts. I mean specifically. Yeah. And yeah. so for her, those yeah. things were possible. You know. So yeah. I think it is it is so much to do with what we grow up, what's around us, what we see as possible. And it, you know, I can imagine for a woman going into business, yeah. it's much much the you know the, the barriers are far greater, even if they're just you're putting them there yourself. You know.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're there before you even put them yourself. Yeah, then yeah, you've you've got the, the real
1: ones and then the and yeah. then the ones you put there
3: yourself. Yeah, yeah.
0: Chris, what what were what, Sorry, we, what Chris, were you yeah. going to ask?
3: A little bit about what you've just been talking about, for enough, because oh, really? the um, I mean, I it. yeah, because I mean, I I had the great fortune of working with Marion, and. Uh, I have say she was absolutely fantastic and in those meetings where she had the the imposter syndrome all the points that were being made were were, were great and you know I, I can even remember some of those today and um I, I also had the fortune of actually taking on the role that uh that marion uh actually had when when, when she left the company uh, everybody that uh, that i met it, whilst doing that role missed Marion which made me feel bloody marvellous obviously and um,
2: oh, because
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say is I mean it, it was a case of role models at that time in the the organisation and you know and who did Marion have to look up to everybody's sort of been so authentic on this with the, uh, with the comments I just wanted to share that
1: when I get the call now to host a Wagner News View, if I do ever get it again, you know, I, I, I I'm, it's not like I'm going, oh my God, t- panic. It's, it's not. I, I just know that I'll have to use my techniques. I'll have to go through my, my things, reiterating my belief in myself. Um. But yeah. I can see a couple of quotes, uh, things in the chat there. Somebody said, because you were talking about your qualifications, Mad. Um, and somebody says, what if you don't have qualifications? That's when intimidation kicks in with me, is I don't have formal qualifications for what I do. And somebody else has responded, experience is so much more valuable and much harder to gain. I think, I think the point about the qualifications is is it's it's not really, quali- it's just evidence, any evidence. Qualifications are just evidence. That you yeah. I, that's- that, but they, with me, yeah. I've got, there's no qualifications in stand-up but it's, it's evident. You're just looking for evidence. The evidence yeah. for me would be, well, that audience laughed and those people are laughing. And, and so I think it's just, it's looking for any evidence that you are good at what you do. But there's got to be some, none, none, there's nobody in this webinar, not a single person that has no evidence that they're good at their job. And, and if you do have 100% negative evidence, then maybe, maybe you are in the wrong job.
3: job.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree with that.
3: I think that's good, good advice. Yes, yeah, definitely. There's an interesting um, questionnaire from um from Mike who says, Rod, did you develop your coping strategy yeah. yourself or have you been coaching these techniques?
1: I, I it's a hundred percent Marion asked me this the other day. I, I I've got ADHD, uh, which may or may not be a, a benefit in these things. Uh I developed them entirely myself out of experience. So and that's what I mean by age and experience can help, I think, is that um I have made I make mistakes in in gigs, for example, the donut one I, that, that comes from a mistake that i that I often make, which is to focus on the people who aren't laughing and it's really destructive it doesn't get you anywhere, obsessing about that. You need to focus on the people who are laughing um, and, and I, so I've just learned that and, and developed this technique in the show before of, of talking myself around and, and, and getting it right aligned in my head before I go out on the stage because I know that that can happen. So it's a question of of I've learned them by by my mistakes and it's, it's me going essentially the headline is me going don't make these mistakes that you are prone to make you know mm-hmm. don't fall into this pattern of thinking which you are prone to falling into so it's just from experience that's all so I think anyone can do it. Yeah
0: it's a great it's a great question though because actually what Rod's doing in effect, probably without even realizing it, is self-coaching. It's that what outcome do I want to get? Well, I want to walk off the stage feeling like I've given it 150%. So he's he's preparing for, for that best outcome. What, what do I control? What's within my control? And we've got that other model, David, that we often use about the circles of control. The stuff you can't control, you can't do anything about. Focus in on, on what you can, what's what and, and those those type of things that, that Rob is described there. Sometimes when we're so close to something, we can't see the wood for the trees. So I, I will often get somebody that will come to me as a client and they won't really know quite what's, Perhaps what's holding them back. Like they'll they'll, they'll wanna get a seat on a board and they'll think, oh, I'm just lacking in a bit of confidence. And but it often is imposter syndrome. And and so exec coaching or self-coaching is a really good kind of intervention. And and Rod's obviously, you know. It got the experience, whether from necessity or whether from, you know, a conscious kind of decision to do it, developed that co-connection. And some people could do that themselves. Some people need help to do that. And, and you know, that's uh, that's
1: quite... I, I, I often wonder what would happen if I didn't do it before a gig, you know, and, 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 because I, do, I don't know how much now it's become part of me and or how necessary it is to go through that process of listing those things.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, And I genuinely don't know, but I'm not willing to take the chance. So I yeah. do it just
0: in case. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I risk it. Emma, what's, uh, what did you want to ask?
2: Oh, hi there, both of you. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, first of all. I've really enjoyed this so far. Um, and I just wanted to go back to a point that I think you made, Rod, earlier about everyone just being a person. And that's something that personally has really, really helped me. Um, and I also had that related back to a business situation about 10 years ago when I was working with a man. And he uh, was in a more senior position than me and was being paid significantly more than me and continually came to me for advice and guidance. And I was basically doing his job for him. And I was sort of wondering what had happened. And I think in that case, he'd gone into the interview and when he was asked if he could do something, he just said, yeah, of course I can. Whereas I would have said, probably and maybe. And I always remember him when I'm in situations when I think, I mean, he could well have been suffering from imposter syndrome himself, but he just dealt with it differently. Yeah. And I think that um, people are just human and a lot of people are winging it. And I do constantly try and remind myself of that. When I see people in a business situation, the equivalent of, of you, Rod, looking at Eddie Izzard, I think maybe they're winging it a bit too, you know, and I think it just gives you a bit more of a grounding to be assured you're not the only one. <laughs> you're yeah, not the well, only uh, one winging it a bit. You
1: know, from fr- from a personal perspective, I, today, notwithstanding, because I'm not an expert on imposter syndrome, so it's going on what I feel, <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm almost never winging it. I, I in the sense that I I prepare for stuff. Yeah. Um, so my stand up, I am prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go on make a news for you, I am prepared. I am n- I am not one of these uh, you know roll up and turn up a minute before. I, I am prepared and I am psyched up and I am re- ready to go. And um, having said that, I'm also always feeling every single time like I'm winging it yeah but I know that that everyone's feeling like that around mm-hmm. everyone sat there you know on a in a any kind of pressure situation kind of anything you're you' you you are you are to some degree winging it but and that, but that's okay
3: mm-hmm. that's
1: that's okay to 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 wing it that's kind of um, it's learning to embrace that as kind of exciting and yeah. that and that that's that's okay to feel that you might not have this a hundred percent you might not you might not mm-hmm. but it's it's in that 10 or 20% that you haven't got it, maybe is maybe is where the excitement will be. Maybe that's where the fun will be. That's maybe where the best bit will will be. You know, she's yeah. learning to embrace the fact that you don't feel that you've got this hundred percent. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think you need to necessarily. You need yeah. to be nervous. You need you need to have a a sense that this could go wrong.
2: And I yeah. think knowing that others are in that situation. I'm sorry, in, just one everyone's final thing. <laughs> one final thing was quite funny as I was uh, I dithered about whether or not to put my hand up and speak to you because I think again I had the imposter thing of thinking well can I speak on this am I allowed to <laughs> so yeah. uh so thank you for talking to me it's been nice
0: no not at all not at all I, I think uh I think it's a really excellent excellent point and particularly when you're in a, a environment that might be dominated by people who think they're better than you and you know in your heart actually I'm just as good I'm I'm just as good it's that that damage of, of comparing it and um Lots of people kind of, um, yeah, winging it, and you know they're winging it. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not to overanalyze that too much and just run your own race and you know, keep make sure, making sure so that somebody,
1: you're... Somebody, Griffin Bainbridge, who I know is a sort of regular listener to some of the stuff that I've done over the years, he says, never winging it. He says, uh, did you ever prepare for your Radio Wales show over the 12 years? I mean, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I sort of, I made a thing with that. I used to prepare a lot for the first few years, a lot. And then... I realised that actually, the fun was flying by the seat of your pants, and leaping out of that plane without a parachute. So, so putting my microphone up, without anything, brought the best out of me on in that particular environment. So yeah. not, I wouldn't do it on stage. I wouldn't do it if I got news for you, but, or you know, but in that particular environment. Yeah, in complete. Fear and putting that f- fader up with nothing to say, and just seeing where your mind takes. I I learned that that works b- worked better for me, and I made a thing of it that it was chaos and chaos. But it was it, yeah. that came with time and experience and confidence over years that I had the confidence to just turn the f- my microphone up and wing it, and that worked better for me and and was a thing, you know. And
0: I would say that there's there's some similarities to that and business, particularly in the the, the more senior you get. So you need to be, there's times where you have to be completely prepared when you're when you're presenting to clients or you're going for a, a large deal or whatever. You've got to be totally prepared. But I'm often asked, you know, how, how do how do individuals get board positions? Well, your IQ, your intelligence and your experience, have them will only get you so far. When it gets to the board level, really what people are looking for is your personality. And sometimes be able to, as Rod was kind of saying there you know just turn the mic on and, and be yourself and, and and kind of you're instinctive then and that's actually a really important uh, aspect of, of in any business because yeah we are all just people and people want to work with people buy from people and so being authentic is very very important um, so that's a really yeah it's a good point when to wing it when not doing it This, uh you know I mean, it to... took me it took me a long time
1: i i did a, if if uh not sure how long griffin was listening but at the start i could show you my notes from the start and it was almost scripted i almost used to script conversations for myself for my co-host kind of thing and then and then after a few years i realized that that authenticity that comes with just winging it yeah people are t- people are tuning in because they enjoy your company and so it was more much more exciting to just wing it and that brought that brought the best out of me you know
3: yeah it's it's, it's like
1: in in stand-up i've got i've got my story i've got my script but it's in those moments sometimes where you go off script and start talking to the audience and start and winging it that's where the best stuff happens because your mind is panicking and and when it's panicking it goes into interesting places but it's yeah it's knowing how much prep you need to do to feel comfortable so i've i've always got a safety net yeah. I've always got something prepared, and that allows me then to put that to one side and improvise and play. You know, yeah, we've talked about that with you, haven't we, about how you know when, when we're doing these webinars and things, about how when you're delivering, kind of almost doing in the in the way that you're kind of it's almost like you're talking, engaging with a friend, with a friend, and it becomes more conversational, and then it's and then as a result, it's much you know the engagement
3: is much more.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, great example, David. From the first one, when I when I was kind of thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get this all. Um, I think we better let people go. <laughs> We've probably overrun more than we have for any other. Um, I hope it's been useful. Rod, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Well, any
1: time anytime before next year, before my work. Okay, starts.
0: brilliant. That's, hopefully, that's to, hopefully. to that. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks,
1: Marion. Thanks, David. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very, yeah, very care. much. I hope that was uh, helpful. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Series 1, Episode 7. On Episode 8, I'll be welcoming back Andrea Byrne from ITV News to discuss the subject of executive presence. We really hope you enjoy this podcast, and if you do have time, we'd love a podcast review. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to get in touch, please just visit our website, elevatebc.co.uk.